that walk, that walk, that walk. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, rolling. This is Walk and Roll Live. This is Walk and Roll Live. A podcast dedicated to the disabled community, sharing stories of courage and triumph, joy and discovery, and everyday successes and challenges. Now, here are your hosts, Doug Vincent and Eric Aguilar. Hello and welcome to Walk and Roll Live. I'm Doug Vincent along with Eric Aguilar. Good. I, yeah, I got to stop myself from doing that. I want to say good morning because we do it in the morning, but hey, uh, top of the day to you, I'll say that. Eric, how you doing? Good morning, folks. Welcome to another Taco Tuesday. <laughs> That's right. Welcome back. Dude, we had to have tacos for breakfast, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's possible. It's possible. I have a little taco bar here. I like it. So uh, you're awake? Coffee's kicked in? Oh yeah, yeah. One thing I've noticed is that the older I'm get, the older I'm getting, and, he, and for the record, folks, I'm only going to be 35. I feel with my natural disability and and um, whatnot, I feel uh, much older because people are always telling me, "Hey, Eric, wait till you wait till you get older." And I look, <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay." Like I have it any easy right now. <laughs> well, it's like uh, I'm trying to jumpstart a uh, a car. Because it takes me uh, longer than usual to uh, jumpstart my energy in the morning, and it takes me uh, longer to heal if there's ever an injury. Well, you know, anybody that's listening that is beyond 35 or, or even at 35, uh, they'll realize, because I realized it when I was your age, too, that, that that's about when you start to feel it. You know, it's, it's amazing that you're that young and you start to feel it, but the very first thing you generally feel is that it takes you longer to recover from anything. You know, you can still do the things you want to do. You can go off and, you know, run all day or ride off-road motorcycle, whatever you do, you know, go and, and, and spend the entire day at the fair, whatever it is, you know, and, and you used to be able to just bounce right back and go to work the next day or go to, go to the fair two days in a row. But, you know, as you get older, it's like, man, I need a day or two to recuperate before I do anything else. Oh so, yeah, yeah, Doug, those, those days are long gone. And, um, I've also realized, realized that um, I de- over the years, I've learned from a lot of people that are much older than me. And even now, I've developed this uh, mentality of no nonsense or shenanigans. <laughs> I know. Don't, 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 don't embrace that too much, you know, because, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it before. It, it's, you know, other people, uh, especially when you get to be this age, you start to look at the younger people and think they're just a bunch of knuckleheads with a stuff they're doing foolishness and but you know i remind myself you know i'm sure that's what i looked like when i was a kid out with my buddies and and we were acting like idiots so you know let them have their fun you know i, I don't want to be that old guy that's saying you know get off my lawn i understand <laughs> it you know because i see the kids it reminds me of a story i have one of those ring things and uh, i had a cut the next door neighbors they live right next door to me bless their hearts and they weren't very old, like they looked maybe 10 and eight or something, a couple of brothers. And I see them out there in front of my, well, I, I see it later. I see it on the recording, but I see them coming up to my, my doorstep and they're like, kind of like whispering to each other. And pretty soon they ring the doorbell and they run away. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing, you know, here they're think they're perpetrating this big hoax or something and i got it all captured on cameras so So, you know just kids being kids it's fun let them have their fun as long as it's not hurting anybody and they're you know not getting out of hand and tearing up my property but you know walking across the lawn is no big deal 
right, so, you on that 100 uh doug because let me tell you um Speaking of, um, of 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 good of good and funny times, I'm always up for comedic timing. There's never a dumb moment I'll ever pass up comedic timing. Like that's right. I have uh, I live with um, in laws and my fiance who love me to death, as well as friends, and I always expect them to give me a hard time, even if it's out of love. Like I wait for them to say, "Good morning, old man," or "Good morning, whiskers," or because <laughs> of my mustache, or or "Good morning, or, good morning, a uh, uh, cue ball." <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's some people's love language, you know. They just got to give you a hard time. That's how they're telling you they love you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so well, other than that, how, how was the, the week? What did you uh, do this past week? Well, for the week, I kind of, you know, did mostly, you know, cleaning because like my uh, in-law to be, I do a lot of cleaning on the weekends because uh, even though I'm a guy, I don't like messes. And I like a clean ship. Oh, we see, you know, we do this on Zoom, of course, between you and I. Uh, and then we use the audio, but, but yeah, your, your room always looks ship shape there, buddy. Looking good. <laughs> I'm sure your wife to be will appreciate that. Don't, don't, don't stop doing that once you get married. Oh, no, 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 no. Never, 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 never. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. So, so that was the highlight of your week. Was, oh, uh, yeah. Was cleaning. <laughs> good, good. What about you, my friend? Uh, well, you know, I think, you know, I, uh, I was in last week for a, a change of battery in my pacemaker. So uh, I had that done on Thursday. If, if people could see me, I, I haven't shaved since I went in. So I've got about a five, six day beard going here. <laughs> Look a little scruffy, but uh, everything went well. You know, it was uh, very simple. I, I, I had it put in 11 years ago and I, and the whole day I just kept thinking and really through the whole process of getting it changed, it seems like it was a bigger deal to get the battery changed than it was to put it in in the first place. You know, they they used um, super glue to to seal the incision last time. And I don't even remember, I don't remember covering it. I remember they sent me home with a an antiseptic solution to put on it every day just to keep the, the infection down and all that. Probably took some antibiotics or something. But that was about it. Well, this time it's like, there's this two pages of instructions on how to take care of the bandage. Well, they, they put staples in it this time. Uh, it's, you know, there, there was really no scar to speak of. It was just, it was pristine, you know, the way they glued it back together, even right after the surgery, you could barely find where the incision was. Well, now there's just, just, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen an incision with staples, putting it back together. It's like, I feel like Frankenstein, but you know, so I go get those put off uh, or, or taken out supposedly, uh, this week, I thought it was a couple of weeks before they took those out, but I've got an appointment this week to get those taken out. But, uh, but you know, they took great care of me. Um, I, I'm in Southern California, so went to San Antonio uh, Regional Hospital, and yeah, they have an outpatient. It's an outpatient thing, but all days, like, talk about recuperating. You know, it was like from 7 in the morning until I think I got out of there finally at, at 5. And my daughter drove, drove me home. Um, but no pain whatsoever. There's no pain on the site, no just pain, you know, moving my arm or anything. It's, you know, so all of that is good. So just have to make sure I take care of it. And not, infection, I guess, is the biggest uh, issue that might come up, but everything seems to be going fine. So that, yeah, that's been my week. So I've pretty much just been kind of chilling around the rest of the time. Yeah. So other than that, nothing. Yeah. That sounds pretty interesting there, Doug. I know a couple of buddies that have pacemakers just like you and I'm, um, I only know a thing or two about uh, the pacemaker. Like, I've only seen this in a cartoon. And if you have, like, a pacemaker, 
you can't go near the microwave. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't go like in a any any place where they use metal detectors. You know, you go into a stadium or you go in the airport or anything like that. I can't go through that. Those, so they have to use the wand and they have to keep it away. I have a little card that uh, that I keep with it, and it's funny because it has the things that you can't do. Uh, you know, one of the things that always cracked me up is like it says I can't play rugby anymore. Like ah crap, my rugby career is over. <laughs> oh no, man! Yeah, so not I the guess, rugby. Yeah, I guess it's any sharp hits to it, but yeah, definitely no MRIs. I can't have MRIs anymore. Uh, just all those kind of things. Yeah. So, and I forget that it's there. I, I went in and this was shortly after I even had it in. I, I went and had to have some x-rays done and the x-ray technician was like, there's something, is there something in your pocket or something? And, and I went, Oh no, I'm sorry. No, that's my, that's my pacemaker. He's like, Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so x-rays I can have. Um, yeah, but it lasted a long time. Um, uh, this battery lasted 11 years, which, you know, if anybody's had a pacemaker, they know that that's that's quite a while. That I only use it three or four or five percent of the time, which mine is just to make sure that my heart doesn't go below a certain heart rate. Whereas there's others that have defibrillators in them, and, and there there's all kinds. I think of different ones to do different things, but mine I think is pretty pretty simple. Yeah, so I'm all good, all good. I am all good. So that's today, uh, what what what? Oh, I was going to say, that's a lot like with me and my arthritis. Sometimes when I do my mud runs, I forget I even have my arthritis. And I'm so in tune with the event and um, so determined to go towards the finish line. I um, did some research on how to remedy arthritis. That uh, mud is a good is a good remedy for it, especially if you're doing like a mud bath. And even these days, my arthritis and my hip drain doesn't even hurt that much as, as it did when it first occurred. Because yeah, the they, nature of that is that it's only um, flaring up, but not to the point where I need a hip uh, replacement. Good. I mean, not just yet, anyway. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, they they say that that's that's the best treatment for arthritis is to be you know mobile, you know, to, to continually kind of stretch and 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 use you know whatever it, pain allowing, I guess. But but yeah, to be mobile and active, not to be too sedentary is is the best treatment, uh, you know, be- much better, of course, than just simple pain relievers, which those have their downside as well. Well, uh, today, we don't have a guest today, Eric. So you and I are going to be the guests. All right. <laughs> so I thought we'd play a little game, kind of like uh, get to know Doug and Eric day today. Okay. So I, uh, I've come up with some questions. Oh, you know what? As a matter of fact, uh, I'll do this during the break, but, uh, I got to print those out. I, I I kind of thought about, should I send them to Eric? So he gets an idea of what they are and, or just surprise him with the questions. I, I've chose to surprise you if you don't mind. All right. <laughs> Good. I figured you'd be up to it. So uh, let me, uh, let me print those out. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back and do getting to know Doug and Eric. That's the bell folks. Aguiar professional training offers comprehensive organizational development and organizational effectiveness services for corporations, nonprofits, educational institutions, and individuals. What they do is improve work environments in key areas, such as performance management gaps, group interactions, morale and trust building, and team dynamics, to name just a few. 
Using a strength-based approach in conjunction with individual or group coaching, all of the strategies have produced significant results. APT also assists with managing change, improving work processes, training, and management of human capital. Learn more at agarprofessionaltraining.com. A-G-U-I-A-R professionaltraining.com. Seeking walk that wow wow walk that wow wow walk that walk that walk that wow. All right, welcome back to Walk and Roll Live. You know, I forgot to tell you, we are coming to you from the Aguiar Professional Training Studio. Uh, we just heard uh, about uh, what they do and all their services. Check them out at their website. And also, you can let us know what you think of what's going on here. If you have any show ideas, anything like that, you can contact us at warlive at walkandrolllive.com. And uh, you can catch us anywhere on so many of the different platforms. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, iTunes, Samsung Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora. It just goes on and on. So if you can't find us, you're not looking. All right. So, all right. Today, Eric, we're going to play Get to Know Doug and Eric. And all right. uh, so I, I kind of combed the Internet and and found a bunch of questions. There, there was no shortage of questions. There were some some of the websites I went to, they had like 250 questions to get to know somebody. And uh, a lot of it was silliness and some of it was geared more towards, you know, women getting to know a man in their life, that kind of thing. So I, I, I didn't do those, but I kind of got a little bit from each one. So I, I think we'll both answer these. Like I say, I didn't share these with Eric, so uh, he's going to be kind of surprised. But uh, let's go with the very first one here, Eric. What's an essential part of your daily routine? My essentially part of my daily routine. The, the first thing I do, first and come most, is I always get a cup of coffee in the morning. Because without my coffee, I'm useless. Useless, yeah. I, I kind of thought that that might be the case. Yeah, with me, you know, along with my heart condition, I can't. I can't have caffeinated coffee, but I still like a cup of coffee every day there. I think there's, if there isn't the jolt of caffeine, there's definitely the kind of psychological routine to it that, that kind of helps me in, in getting going in the morning. Cause I, I like mornings, but it's, it'll take me a while to get going. And so the other part of that is I take a shower every morning. I just, I just have to, it's, it's rare that I don't wake up and take a shower to, kind of get everything flowing in the morning, if you will. So that's a uh, part of mine. And all right, next, who or what never fails to make you laugh? What fails to never make me laugh? Hmm. I'll say uh, good old cartoons for when I was a kid. I'll always enjoy that, no matter how old I get. Yeah, those are good. I, You know, I, for me, it's probably, I, you know, I guess the, in today's vernacular, they call them dad jokes. You know, I just call them stupid jokes, you know, I, I just, I don't know why they, they will tickle me and I laugh much harder than, than I, I really should. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of some that, um, God, we used to do a whole routine when I was in radio, we used to do movie premieres. So we'd get up in front of the, the audience before the movie would start. And, and we got into this thing where we were, uh, we were doing all these jokes. It's like, um. God, you know, I've forgotten them all now. We would go for me, you know, forever when we do them. One time we did the premiere. This was the very first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And so we did a whole bunch of pirate 
jokes, you know, and, and we were just like, some of them were just coming to us on the fly, but it was like, you know, what's a, what's a pirate's favorite pen, you know, and, and it's a paper Mickey. And we'd always have to mm-hmm. do it in the, in the pirate's voice. And, oh man, we got to the point where the, the I was thought the audience was going to start throwing stuff at us. They were groaning with everyone. You know, why couldn't the, the kid go to the, to the movie? Because it was R-rated. <laughs> so I'll, I'll stop there. I could go on and on, but I'll stop there. Very nice. So um, are you a collector? Do you collect anything? Why, yes, sir. But when I was a kid, I used to collect baseball cards. And as I got a little bit older in my uh, middle school years, I collected uh, Pokemon cards. And now that, oh, yeah. I'm an, now that I'm an adult, I love collecting um, any type of challenge coin or service coins. Because let me tell you, every coin tells a story, you know, like where it's been. But what really um, sparks my interest in collecting these coins is their beautiful craftsmanship. Yeah, they are very nice. I kind of, uh, you know, didn't set out to to start collecting uh, the the challenge coins. Uh, do you, can you explain to people what those are if they don't know? Oh, a challenge coin is a, is, a, is an old tradition that goes that goes back to in the uh, war days, like. Um, when the war was or mission was over, each um, uh, a side would present their um, uh, you, you could call it a teammate or ally with a challenge coin all their own. Like let's say me and me and D- uh, Doug was uh, we're on a mission together. He was Team Hydra and I was Team Captain America. When the mission was over and done with, I'd give him a coin from my uh, cl- uh, um, organization, and then he'd give me a coin from his organization. But they also say that it was also a sense of identification in the olden days if you were ever uh, captured. Right. And then another part of that tradition, you know, if you were a military guy and you found yourself in a bar, met another military guy, you each would put your your challenge coin down on the bar. And whoever had the biggest challenge coin or the nicest or the highest ranking or whatever it was, that they would have to pay for the drink or the other guy would have to pay for the drinks. Right. Aye, that's a, that's a good wager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the one I have, the, the I have some great ones. I have some from the Dogs Project. Um, I just got one from a uh, mascot bulldog. Just uh, just uh, got that here in the last week or so. And but the one that I got last year I went to a, a dog feed, what we call a dog feed, with the Dogs Project at Pendleton Camp Pendleton down in the San Diego area. And, uh, you know, we feed all the young dog handlers and, um, they, we did one down there last year and a medal of honor, congressional medal of honor recipient was there that day. And he was handing him out. His name was John Baca. He was a dog handler in the Vietnam war. And at some point during the day, you know, we had lunch and all that. And, and he got up in front of everybody and was just you know, just saying a few words and, you know, as part of his presentation, he was saying, everybody, you know, wants to know what I did to, to earn this. And, and he starts to tell this story when he was in combat and it's that it's almost a cliche, but you know, there was a grenade thrown and he jumped on the grenade and, and here this guy is, you know, I'd seen him all that day you know, running around romping with the dogs. You could tell he just loved the dogs. And, and here he is standing in front of me and you wouldn't think anything of it. If you saw him on the street, 
you know, you wouldn't go, hey, look at that guy. He probably jumped on a grenade. I mean, you would never enter your mind. So as he's telling this story, and I'm thinking this, you know, he looks like fine. He lifts his shirt and, oh, you know, then you could kind of see where they had put him back together, you know, but, you know, so it was, it was legit. So I got a challenge going from him. So definitely one of my, you know, cherished possessions. Wow. Yeah. 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 Good guy. Good guy. And just could not have been a nicer guy. Made sure he got around to everybody and, you know, and had a few words with him and just a humble guy, really good guy. So here's one. So what do you think makes someone a good person? A good, what makes somebody a, a good, good a good person? I say it's a, it's somebody who um, takes, always takes care of his people, puts his own needs, his or her needs aside, never forgets his, forgets, their, forget their comrades, always willing to do the ultimate sacrifice, willing to lay it on the line, never forget where they come from. And uh, willing to take the credit when things are good, the blame for when they go bad. I, somebody, I'm taking it somebody, all in there, buddy. I cause you know I, I think a lot of those things, but I don't think I could have said it better. No, that's 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 absolutely it. You know, I, I think the only thing I might add is is doing good things without expecting anything in return. Doing good things without anybody having any knowledge of it. You know, that's, that's something that somebody said to me when I was very young and it's something I've tried to carry through my adulthood, you know, that there are times when you, you would do a good thing. You and the person that you did it for are the only ones that know and the only ones that will ever know, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I like what you said there. Very good. Very good. I'm not going to ask on the other side of that. What makes a bad person? <laughs> I think it's all clear to everybody, right? All right. Do you have any regrets? Well, my only regrets is that I wish I could talk to my uh, teenage self and tell them the way things are, let them know what's coming and say things like, you got a lot of surprises in store for you, Bubba. Because mm -hmm. when I look back on myself um, as an adult, as a teen, I always wish if I would have known uh today uh today to, uh what i know today what i would have known back then i probably would have put a little more thought into my future because i remember when i graduated high school i didn't know what i really wanted to do yet yeah i kind of had to find my way as i went and now looking back on when i first started off as nothing to where i am now i said it amazes me but i always remind myself you have made it uh, through another day, but there are many good things yet to come on the horizon. There you go. Never, I, let no, let, never let nobody tell you any different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a quality that, <gasps> that uh, more, more people should try to cultivate, I think in themselves, you know, um, and, and that's the thing. It, you can't tell somebody, you know, today that's young. Um, I mean, you can, but, but it's very difficult to listen to that. You know, you're, you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof when you're a kid and nothing's going to happen to you and, and all those things. And, but I, I know what you're saying, you know, cause I, I, I want to instill that in younger people and kind of give them that advice, you know, that 
when things are going dark, you know, you're going to look back on this and this was just a, this is just a little bump in the big picture of your life, you know, that you may, may, may or may not even remember, you know, and, and, and I try not to have any regrets. I, I can't point to any that uh, I, I truly at least go over and kick myself daily over, but because I always feel like you make decisions based on where you were at the time, you know, or are at the time and with the information that you have. And so you can't second get yourself. I feel like regrets are just second guessing yourself later, you know, that I should have done this and I should have done that. Well, you know, sometimes those decisions are made in a heartbeat and they're made with the information that you have at the time without any knowledge of what the outcome would be. And as you get older, you kind of have a better idea of, you know, how things un unfurled and you, you had no idea that that was going to happen. So, yeah. So good. I, I like what you said. So hobbies or activities, I, I think that's going to be a good one from you. A lot of my hobbies revolve around, you know, working out. I like to do a lot of the Nintendo uh, Wii, particularly, you know, bowling or golfing or sword play of my uh, father-in-law to be because during the day, that's kind of our, uh, our time to bond, you know, as, as fellas and, mm -hmm. you know, father-son, father-son like activities. Because <laughs> even before then, I didn't know what, what Nintendo Wii bowling was. And I never knew I was actually good until I actually, you know, tried it out. So do you feel like you get a, a cardio out uh, uh, workout from it as well? Absolutely, because with Nintendo Wii, it's not just, um, you know, um, there's video games all around because there's a lot of games, you know, where you can um, do exercises. You could do games where you dance because dancing is also counts as exercise. It's like having a simulator, you know, built inside your home. Yeah. Like if you want, like if you want to draw or exercise or if you want to sing or, or do any type of exercise or, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You're going to do all that in we, huh? That's yes, awesome. So my hobbies, uh, woodworking is one that I've worked on for years and years and years, um, you know, and, and kind of trying to, to learn new skills, that kind of thing. I know I took some wood shop in, in high school junior high or high school long time ago. I can't remember, but, but I, I think that's where it kind of came to me and, and it, and it helps me scratch that creative itch that I have. You know, I, I know even doing this, this show, you know, there's a big part of, I mean, I enjoy the interviewing. I enjoy all of that part, but you know what I, I really enjoy is once we're done recording this is putting it all together, all the different pieces of the show, the music and, editing and doing all those things. That, that's, that's one of the things that I really enjoy and woodworking. I started out, I think the very first thing I really made, and this is back when all I had was hand tools, you know, now I've, I've grown, you know, I've got more power tools and different things like that. But when I started, you know, I had a saw and some chisels and a file and a screwdriver and that was about it. But I, my daughter got to be around two or three years old and and getting more independent, but say she couldn't reach the sink, right? To, to wash her hands, brush her teeth, that kind of thing. So I just made her a, a little stool. And, you know, and it's funny now, I, I look back at it from my perspective now, and I'm still, I'm impressed by it. You know, I mean, I, I can't believe that I made that because, not because it's anything special. If you saw it, it's very rudimentary, but with the tools that I had access 
two at the time. And what I had, you know, there were some complex angles in it that I had to do with a handsaw. And I, and I look at it now and I'd forgotten how I did it. You know what I mean? I, I'm like, how did I do that? I, I don't remember what the process was, but in my limited knowledge and limited expertise at the time, somehow I figured it out. And that's part of the fun of it too. You know, it's just, you know, you're, you're presented with problems all the time and how to, you know, cut something or, or assemble something or put it together and, and you have to solve those problems. So yeah, I, I enjoy that. So, and I wish I could sing, but I can't <laughs> ask anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, where would you like to travel to if you could? I got a couple of good places in mind. I want to travel to Paris. I want to travel to Cairo, Egypt. Nice. And, and, and then there's Italy. And then there's one more. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Ooh, ancient Japan. That's the one. So uh, all these places, what do you have things in particular that you want to see? Like in Italy, what, what do you want to see there or, or Cairo? I want to see the, I want to see the Colosseum. If I go to mm-hmm. Italy, I want to see the leaning tower. They're always talking about. I want to check out the Eiffel tower in Paris. And then for Japan, I want to study with the senseis with their uh, ninjutsu and judo and their shotokan. I want to try some of their tea and then given the chance, hike up Mount Fuji. Nice. Now you, you do a little martial arts. Yeah. Oh yes, sir. I started a uh, martial arts back at the Redlands community center when I was 19, because I had a very, 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 very nasty temper. And one thing I owe a lot to martial arts over the years that it's given me um, courage. It's taught me never to give up. It's given me self-confidence, it's, and it's given me a great deal of discipline. And my martial arts was militarized based on the um, old South Korean War. We always had to answer to no, sir, yes, sir, or ma'am, or it was push-ups, sit-ups, burpees, whatever they wanted to do if we mm-hmm. didn't answer. They would ask me, how you doing, Eric? I'm good. Good, sir. I'm like, yes, yes, good, sir, or ma'am. <laughs> and well, now well, over the years it's grown on it's grown on me as a habit and every time i answer like that the first thing that pops in people's head they don't ask me were you in the service are you are you from the military i'm like oh no 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 that's just my uh, my martial arts background that i was taught very nice well you are you're such a, a nice guy jovial guy i can't imagine you're having a, a bad temper but maybe one of these days we'll explore that <laughs> not today we don't have the time but we'll have to do that um I, yeah, traveling for me, I, I think I'd like to travel to some places around the United States, uh, you know, and probably the, like around where our founding fathers started the country. I'd like to explore a lot of that Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., and see some of those monuments and places where the Civil War was fought, those kinds of things. That's, uh, you know, the, there's other places that are interesting to me, but I, I, you know, would like to see those things here in our country before. I go off and explore the rest of the world. Australia is always one that's kind of been on my list for whatever reason, but the more I learn about it with the the big, the big bugs and all that stuff. And not only that, but anything I've watched or learned about Australia is not only that they have all that stuff, but a lot of it's poisonous. I, I don't need to, you know, have a travel trip where I'm, I put my life on the line for crying out loud, but uh, so we'll see how that goes. So, um, 
man, uh, I don't want this to go on forever. We're only barely halfway through the list. Let me look ahead here and see what might be a good one. What, um, just for like current events, what show uh, did you last binge watch or, or, or even you could answer, you know, what's a favorite of yours that you binge watched? The last show I watched very consistently was The Walking Dead. It was the one show with the zombies. It was very popular for the last couple of years. Yeah. And I kind of went through it on Netflix, like books on tape. Every night, I made a solemn promise to watch an episode. And depending on how the episode went, it was getting so good. So I said, okay, okay, maybe one, maybe one or two more episodes before bedtime. <laughs> but as the show progressed and the, uh, added more characters and the story cut, line kind of changed, I was like, oh, ugh, no, no, yeah, no. Kind of, kind of got fatigued on that whole thing. I do that. I, I watch shows and I get, you know, a season or two into them, but I just, I lose steam over it. But some of the ones that I've watched, the whole thing, Breaking Bad, was incredible. Breaking Bad, they, they were so good. Like, like you say, and I think a lot of people can relate to. You know, you get through a, an episode and you think, okay, this is it. I gotta go to bed or whatever it is. And you get to the end and they tease you so much. Okay. I'll watch one more. Then you get to the end of that one. Okay. One more. That's it. You know, next thing you know, it's one o'clock in the morning or something, but yeah, that one was a good one. Dexter. I don't know if you remember that one for me a few years ago. That was good. I, I watch a lot of odd stuff too. So I could name things that probably people have never heard of. I've watched, there's one uh, real quick uh, called Kim's convenience. It's about a Korean family in Canada that has a convenience store and just, you know, all the silly stuff they go through. I think I've watched that whole series. It's like five seasons. I've watched it at least three times. <laughs> so talk about binge watching. I binge watched it three times. Uh, let's see. Uh, are you a dog or a cat person? I'm more, I'm more of a cat person. I raised a whole family of uh, Kellicos. Like, I had this Kelico. She had uh, orange fur and black stripes, and her face looked like a mask, so I came up with the name Tiger, and I raised her all the way up from a kid, and that uh, cat was like my kid. She was always by my side. When I was awake, she was awake. When I went to sleep, she went to sleep. She used to wake me up for school every morning. She would sit by the computer monitor to see what I was doing. She'd always love watching TV. She was a real tough cat. I mean, even the dogs are a favorite. And one of the cool things, believe it or not, every time she would catch a fly, she would do like a little backflip before catching it. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> That's awesome. I, uh, I, I'm, I think I'm more of a dog person. I don't dislike cats, but I, I've never owned a cat. Um, I, I had a friend of mine uh, offer a cat the other day, but um, first of all, not being a cat person. Second of all, and it's funny, you know, here we are. I don't know how far into this show and talking about all the different things to help people get to know us a little better. And not once really has our disability come up. Have you noticed that? Just kind of dawned on me. But I, I think that it, for me, that would just be an issue with a cat and changing the the uh, cat litter box. Uh, you know, I just don't want to have to deal with that and trying to move that out of the house. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe that's just me taking the easy way out. But then also, uh, in my retirement, I've tried, I've set up in the backyard, um, you know, like a little area that I can, uh, maybe it's my Zen area, but I have places where I put bird feeders and I have a hummingbird feeders. So I can just, you know, sit on the patio or in, in from my kitchen, you know, I can watch them, the birds come and 
And I've seen birds that I've never seen before in my backyard, whether they're around or not. I don't know, but now putting the feeders out, just beautiful birds that, you know, colorful. I had no idea they were in this area. So, so that's been fun. So yeah, but more of a dog person. And I think about it all the time because I lost my dog a, been a couple of years ago now, whether I want to replace him. Uh, but there's some, you know, there's some cute dogs I've seen and I've almost pulled the trigger, but not yet, but I, I think it's probably going to, going to happen soon. Uh, let's see. Oh, how's this? What can't you live without every uh, day? What can, what can I, what can I live without every day? Let me think yeah. about this for one solitary second. Yeah. Yeah. Take your time. Da, 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 da. This is that thinking music? Okay, this may sound <laughs> a little this this may this may sound a little bit cheesy and a little extreme, but we don't judge. One I, there's one thing I can't I can't live without, yeah. and that's my wife to be. Ah, uh, good one. Because without her, man, I have no heart. And besides the good Lord, she's the one other thing that I actually live for in this lifetime. Awesome. You know, make me cry. I, 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 you know, I put the question in there, but I don't, I can't think of anything right now. I can't, you know, the obvious, the obvious things, food and water and all that stuff. Um, I, you know, this is embarrassing to say, but I probably, my TV, I, uh, I, I go to that a lot and I don't, I figured out over the last, you know, few months, few years is that I, I am an addict for um, criminal shows and, and real criminal shows. I've never watched an episode of Law & Order or CSI or any of those. I like the real thing. And, and then documentaries. I've watched documentaries about things that, uh, you know, I, I don't know who else would ever even watch them. But I mean, I'm sure there's a whole genre of people like me that, that love them. But I remember watching a, a documentary years ago about the making of an airport in Japan. And they had to build and they built it on an island, but the island didn't exist. So they had to build the island first. And it was amazing the technological achievements of the tools and the machinery they had to build to even build the island. It, you know, so man's ingenuity and what they can accomplish is is amazing. So anyway, that's kind of got off in a tangent a little bit there. Um, well, now I, I think I know, but are you an introvert, an extrovert, or something I'd never heard of, an ambivert, which I imagine is a little of both. You know, I never, I never, I never, I never heard of, heard of those. But when it comes to mind, the first thing I think about: Am I an indoor or an outdoor person? Yeah, are you outgoing or do you like to kind of keep to yourself? Though that's kind of basically what it means. I'm usually, I'm usually very social and I'm very outdoorsman like. But as I've grown a little bit older over the years, I kind of like to keep to myself a half of the time and pay nobody no mind. Like I was never one, you know, growing up, you know all for the group things or, Hey, let's get a drink after work or let's go to the club, Eric. Yeah. yeah. That was never, that was never really me because the, some of the mentality I developed over the years that I don't follow. I lead. Uh, 
would I would say that I I think of myself as an introvert, but then you know I, I had a career of forty years in radio, so there must be some extrovert in me. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, it just is different at different times. I would think you know I'm perfectly happy when I'm with myself and doing you know the things that I love to do, like you know woodworking or any other things around the house, that kind of thing. I love to be at home, but every once in a while, I, I just, I got to get out, you know, and I, and I go and I love being with people, you know, get together with my friends and family. And, and I love that. But there are times when I'm out and I'm like, you know, I, I, I can't wait to get back home, especially if I travel, you know, for after two or three days, it's like, I just want to be home. I love my home. I just want to be. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not as simple, you know, as just one or the other. And I imagine a lot of people are like that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like that too. At, at times, you know, I mean, I'm, I mean, if it, it all breaks down to it, I don't mind being home a lot because I always say there ain't nothing out there that I'm missing out on. It's going to, it's going to be there today and it's going to be there tomorrow. So if you could have a dream fulfilled, what would that be? You have a, you have a dream of doing something, being something. What do you think? My dream is to not only uh, teach, but I also want to get back to making my paracord bracelets and keychains and monkey fist, and then spend um, the remainder of my days with my wife to be, you know, live the quiet life. Mm-hmm. What was I that? I always like? tell her. I'm um, sorry. Go ahead. Well, you were saying you're gonna make your bracelets. What was that? Monkey fist. What is that? Oh, oh monkey fist is a, is another type of a paracord project. What you do is you take a marble or a metal ball, you wrap it up in paracord, and then you weave it depending on the design. Like when I started making those, I wrapped the ball inside the uh, paracord, and what I did before um, weaving the rest of the project was that I, test, I tested everything, like its yeah. durability, by hitting it on the desk a couple of times or table. Okay. And then I twirled it around to see how loud it could whistle. So you, so you obviously have some completed ones, yeah? Yes, sir. Can you take then, some pictures uh, of that? Can you take some pictures of that? And we'll post them up on the website so people can see what we're talking about. Yes, sir. I certainly yeah. can. And the, and the last thing I did was I had to, I had to do another test. You know, I see if I can uh, make it in the trash can by throwing it. And, and it turns out I actually made it right on target. I'm like, <laughs> all right, it's ready. And the then Lakers, I went on continuing the, uh, to weave in the rest of the monkey fist together. The Lakers could have used you. <laughs> they didn't do so well. Uh, my oh, dream, my, like, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. My dream would be to be able to sing. I'm just so, I, I don't know if I, I, I want to say I'm envious of people that can sing. And I hate to say that because I don't want to be envious of anybody, but I just, I admire them so much, you know, for, you know, what they can do and, and, and all of that. And I, I think I'm, well, at least I used to be, as I get older, it's, it's less and less, but there was a time when. Like I wasn't horrible. I would never do it in, you know, in, in public, but I never even karaoke, you know? So I admire those people too, that, you know, cause there are people that are wonderful singers who do karaoke. And then there are other people that I just admire their courage for, you know, getting up and doing it. But uh, you know, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I would love to be able to sing. So that that's mine. And no. speaking of karaoke, yeah, yeah. I like doing a lot of uh, karaoke duets with my fiance because it's a lot more fun doing uh, duets with the one you love. That would but be I'm fun. Also very, 
but I'm also very good with the solo solo acts. Like even when I'm at my house, I like to do a lot of singing and whistling and humming and singing a lot of songs from the '80s. Like I would walk through the hallway and I'd be like, "I'm dancing with myself." Oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> That's me too. I mean, yeah. Here, when I'm here alone or I'm in the car, yeah, I'm always singing or you know whatever passes for singing. All right, so we'll we'll kind of wind down here with a few. Uh, uh, this is a quick one, uh, silly. Can you write in cursive? The only thing I could ever do in cursive, if anything at all, is write my own name. Yeah, that's me too. Yeah, I learned that at a young age back in elementary school. Because let me tell you, cursive is not an easy thing to write. I mean, no. I'm even lucky if I can read cursive. I say, uh, who am I kidding? I can't read any of this chicken scratch. <laughs> I know. You know, I I wrote cursive because it was. A taught more back then in school. I don't even know if they teach it anymore. It, but more importantly, it was it was more. I don't know if I want to say tolerated or or encouraged or required back in those days. But around seventh grade, I remember just for whatever reason, like it got it in my head. I just don't want to write cursive anymore. So I started. I started just only writing in print. And I kept waiting for like the teachers to say, Hey, you know, you got to start putting, turning your stuff in in cursive, you know, cause it was much more widespread back then and nobody ever did. So I just kept doing it and I've, I've never written cursive again. I mean, I can sit here slowly and write, I know how to write all the letters still and all that. And, and it would be like a third grader just slowly spelling it out, but, but yep. Yeah, I stopped years ago. Um, Let's see. <laughs> do your uh, do you trust your own memory, and why or why not? Do I trust my own memory? The one thing I rely on very heavily is photographic memory. If my photographic memory is reliant, I'll be in good shape. So, so now, how do you mean that? Do you, do you have a photographic memory? Do you can you remember things that well? Like. Um, with photographic or, memory, if I see something in a different language, like let's say I'm reading something in English and then we switch it within two minutes, sometimes I can remember exactly what it said in the other language as if it was still, you know, presented in plain old English. Well, how about uh, a month or a year from now? Can you still remember it? If it's, uh, if it's more than a year or a month, it goes down the tubes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, It I, only lasts for a certain amount of time. I don't, uh, I don't trust my memory at all. My my brother has a very good memory, and many times if we have any kind of dispute on the memory of an event, like from when we were kids or anything, I just immediately default to him. I just, you know, even if I feel very strongly about a particular memory, I just say, you know, I'm going to go with you until proven otherwise, because uh, you always had a much better memory than I. And then many, many times, if, you know, if we get a third opinion, yeah, everybody remembers it more his way, so... That's me. Uh, let's see. Um, what is the most uh, ridiculous outfit you've ever worn? One of my most ridiculous outfit that I've ever worn. Uh, let's see. Let me think about that one. I wouldn't really, really call an outfit per se, but I would. But I would say it was a hat. It was one of those visors, and it had like a a a, a, fi a fish, you know, on on the oh, visor. Yeah. <laughs> it had like eyes. Its mouth was open. I mean, the whole thing, you know. Just look kind of goofy. Very nice. I uh, <laughs> the story that came to me when I saw this 
this question I, and I thought I'd ask it so I could share this real quick is years ago uh, when I was still buried, I, I grew up in California, you know, I, um, I don't think I left the state until probably into my twenties, but um, I'd never been to San Diego, you know, and I grew up an hour and a half to two hours from San Diego, but I'd never been. So I got the opportunity when we were married. So my, my wife at the time and I, we always, when we'd be out, we would, we would joke about couples that would dress alike, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that ain't ever happening. You know, that's just, that this is silly, you know? And so we go to San Diego and my, my, my wife was a great seamstress. You could sew. So we're getting ready to go. I don't know where we were going to in San Diego. We're in the hotel room and, She's getting everybody ready, all the kids, you know, and uh, so I'm getting dressed and she and she gives me these shorts that she had made for me. Now, this was in the late 80s, early 90s. So that was a big time for neon. So she got these crazy patterns with this neon pink and green and, and all that stuff. So so as I'm putting that on, they're getting dressed in the in the bathroom. So at some point, you know, she's like, are you ready? And I'm like, oh, I'm ready. So she comes out with the kids and not only her, but the kids and her and me now are all dressed in that same material. And I, you know, no, you didn't. So, so she thought that was funny. And then I laughed, you know, and, and that was fine. And then the thing that even allowed me to go out was I figured I'm in another town. Nobody knows me, so I'm fine going out, you know, with this little family of people all dressed in the same clothes. So that was probably <laughs> one of the most ridiculous outfits I ever wore. Well, that's it. Do you have any uh, any questions uh, off the top of your head you want to ask me? So you can ambush me <laughs> like I did for. Okay, I got one question for you. Yeah. Now, what is the best thing that's ever happened to you? Uh, I'd have to say my daughter. You know, and the granddaughter is a very, very, very close second. Yeah, they're the loves of my life. My reason for living. That's all That's I got on that. Dog. Thank you. All right. Let's um, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, kind of catch up on any events that we have and and let you know uh, what's coming next week. How's that sound? We'll be, we'll be back right after these messages, folks. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Walk and Roll Live. I'm Doug. That is Eric. And uh, we talk about our events. That's right. Uh, we talk about our events that are coming up here in this segment. And we'll tell you uh, who we uh, hope to have as a guest next week. I'm feeling pretty good about it, but we'll tell you here in just a little bit. So, uh, uh, you have your disaster preparedness training coming up, right? That's right, Doug. My first, my uh, second um, lecture of the se of season two, I like to call it. I'm gonna cover uh, how to. Um, now, what is your um, 
excuse me, what is your shelter and evacuation plan? That'll occur on June 15th from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Zoom. And then following that, I'm going to cover a lecture on communication during an emergency. I will have my partner, Doug, um, in my corner in case there's some additional questions that even I not, might not be able to answer. And then the last of the season, we're going to have another lecture on recovery resources after a disaster on November 18th from 5 to 6 p.m. on the Zoom. And that will about wrap it up for uh, season two for um, emergency preparedness on behalf of the Loma Linda Possibilities. Beautiful. And those are all on the events page on our website, walkandrolllive.com. Uh, just a, a couple of things I want to touch upon here. Uh, rolling Start, we talked to Lisa a couple of weeks ago, uh, having their first annual A Taste of Independence. That's coming up on August 17th. That's going to be at the Orton Hall at the University of Redlands. Food from around Southern California, entertainment, awards to members of the community. It's going to be a, a great event. Also, Anthesis Thrift Store. Anthesis, another organization that I volunteer with. Anthesis.us, you can learn more about them. And they uh, have a thrift store that is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 3, uh, I'm sorry, 8.30 to 4 in the afternoon on Hope Boulevard in Montclair, California. Uh, you can go to their website to get more details about that. And Rolling Start has many classes and programs to offer. Uh, movie day, game day, living well with a disability classes, computer classes, and more, all at no charge. You can go to their website at rollingstart.com and find out more uh, on their calendar page. And uh, you can find out many more uh, about these things too on the resources page on our website, walkandrolllive.com. So next week, I think we've said this a couple of times that we were going to have her, but I really feel strongly that this next week we're going to have Cody Williams, who is the director from Possibilities. Possibilities is possible. Possibilities with an A, so P-O-S-S-A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E-S. -S -S and we've kind of alluded to what they're all about here a couple of times, but we'll do a deep dive with um, Cody about what the organization does and uh, their history and all of that next time right here on Walk and Roll Live from the Aguiar Professional Training Studio. I am Doug, and uh, he is Eric. Eric, anything? Uh, yeah, Eric. Yeah, any closing words before we turn them loose? I'm Eric Aguilar, folks, and don't forget to keep on rolling. I'll see you next time, folks. Walk and Roll Live is heard around the world at walkandrolllive.com, Podbean, and Spotify. Like us at facebook.com slash walkandrolllive. You can email us at warlive at walkandrolllive.com with comments, observations, or whatever's on your mind. Whatever's on your mind. Have a topic you'd like to hear or a guest you think would be great for the show? Let us know. Look for new episodes every Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for listening.